Hello everyone and welcome to this test episode of A New Page. I'm your host Sean and today we've got a nice crisp episode for you, but before we get into it, let's start with a little bit about the show for those who are new. Loving literature is one thing, but understanding the world behind it is another. Sometimes it's a case of don't ask how the sausage is made or don't look in the kitchen of your favorite restaurant or, you know, some other food analogy. The work of actually getting something written is just that, work. It may be a labor of love, but it's still labor, a hard labor. Not only that, but getting it written is just part of the battle. The other part is getting the damn thing published, which can be the start of an all-new, fresh hell, as anyone who's tried can tell you. But here at A New Page, that struggle is understood, and I'm here to help. On this podcast, I'll be going over some subjects in an effort to help out all you aspiring writers out there by bringing you some news from the publishing world, spreading around the best advice I can, and trying to help out brand new authors by giving them as big a spotlight as I can provide. So, you know, more like a flashlight, but, you know, hey, help is help. But the goal here is to be a source of news, advice, and highlights on the new who's and what's of the literary world. So in addition to the podcast, we've got a Facebook page and a blog site linked in the description. So if you're feeling social, please check them out. We've got links to all the material we'll be going over today so that you can make, take a look yourself. And while you're there, you know, why not subscribe in order to stay up to date on all our releases? Feel free to comment on anything you see that interests you. And if you liked anything I went over, or if you've got any of your own advice, your own stories, suggestions on what you'd want to get out there, we've got discussion forums for all of the above as well. And hey, if you really liked what you saw here, there's a link to the Patreon page as well. Any and all support is welcome, as it helps keep the channel growing and lets me give more support to aspiring authors out there keeping up the struggle. More on that below, but now let's move on to some news. In today's news, we've got the heads up on some open submissions that are going on right now, but if you're interested, you're going to need to act quick, as some of these aren't going to be open for long, though some of them are on kind of a seasonal or monthly rotating schedule. For those of you new to open submissions, they're one of the only times that just throwing your submission onto the pile can actually work, since a lot of publishers, especially the big ones, aren't too keen on unsolicited manuscripts. You might see some magazine names here and think, hey, wait, that's not a publisher, that's a magazine. Well, guess what? That's publishing too. In fact, a lot of famous writers got their start, and even some still submit to magazines. So don't let that dissuade you. These open submissions are a great chance at your first exposure for publishing, sorry, and you might actually get paid for it. But don't start seeing dollar signs just yet. It won't be much, but trust me, as small as the paycheck might be, nothing, and I mean nothing, beats that feeling of vindication and validation knowing something you wrote wasn't just published, but earned you money. So on that note, let's take a look at what's available right now. Wingraph is accepting submissions for fantasy stories right now. They're looking for stuff in the 4,000 to 10,000 word range. They're asking for no urban fantasy, please. The timeline cutoff is something like early 19th century. The specific theme they're looking for is cozy, and they've got some other rules about what kind of fantasy they'd like to see, but they're flexible. For more info on their expectations, check out the link. We've also got Scare Street, which is looking for something scary, a shocking twist. So if you're an aspiring horror author, they're looking for you to give them something spooky and unsettling. Just like Wingraph, they've got some stipulations that you can check out in the link. For aspiring poets out there, Black Ocean is accepting submissions right now for some collections they're working on. They also have a special focus going on right now for poetry about 
or by indigenous peoples and or people of color. So if you fall into those categories and have been trying to get your voice heard, these are definitely the people to help you out. Lastly, Haven Speculative has open submissions about some speculative sci-fi going on right now, along with some other general submission windows coming in the future. They're looking for some speculative fiction up to 6,000 words to add to their recent focus on climate disasters, but they're open to other work as well. On top of that, they also accept poetry, nonfiction, and art submissions during their open windows, and they are also very friendly to the LGBTQ community, uh, with certain submission windows set aside specifically for work from that community. So if you're a part of that community and have been looking for a place that'll give you a hand, check these folks out. Windgraph, Scare Street, and Haven are all offering payment, which, like I said, won't be much, but the validation will be worth way more than what the check says. On the matter of getting paid, I wanted to say a quick word about the website Story Terrace. Story Terrace sits in a spot most people don't think about when it comes to writing, which is writing for hire. That is, say you've got a story to tell, usually a personal story, like a memoir, but you know that you're not great at writing. Well, it turns out there are writers for hire out there that will do that work for you. Story Terrace is one of those sites, and if you're interested in being a writer for hire, I suggest checking them out. It's a really unique situation to be in, kind of like journalism writing, you know, like writing an expose on somebody, but just be aware that it's assignment-based writing, which is a very different kind of writing and requires a somewhat different skill set. If you're curious, check out the link and see what you think. As with everything else, links to these will be in the description for those interested, and we'll be doing some follow-up in the immediate future regarding some of the ins and outs of open submissions such as what to expect, best submission practices, and the like. Try not to let your ego get in the way if you don't hear back. Open submission just means that all submissions are accepted, not all submissions are chosen. We'll probably be doing a future bit on this as well, so listen into future advice sections for more on that. If you've had experience with open submissions, I'd really like to hear about your story, either on the Facebook page or the blog site. Just like everything else, it's better to hear about the good, the bad, and the ugly regarding these things from people who've been there. Contributing to these discussions is a great way to support the show, as well as your fellow community members looking for any and all advice on what they can get. We really appreciate it. Right about here is where I'd be putting a short ad break if I had any sponsors, which I currently don't. But yeah, hey, that might change. Audible, Bookly, I know you're out there. And I know you can hear me, Amazon. Don't pretend that you can't. Hit me up. Let's make a deal. But also, I'll take another chance to shill my Patreon page. Supporting members get access to extra goodies like early access to episodes, access to Q&A sections, a behind-the-scenes look at the show's production, so prepare to marvel at my fabulous wood shed that I operate out of like some kind of book-crazy Ted Kaczynski. And higher-tier members get to contribute to discussions about future episode subjects and directions for the show, like some kind of ominous board of directors, I guess. In fact, you know what? That's what we're going to call the highest tier, Board of Directors. I like that. That sounds fancy. In addition to supporting the show in order to allow us to provide you with the best quality we can for you, funding also goes towards helping support and promote new and aspiring authors as a new page works with local booksellers on promoting and widening the reach of their work, as well as letting us further any collaborations we'll have in the future, and provides us the means to hopefully conduct the kinds of interviews with said authors that we'd like to do. Nothing would make me happier than letting you all hear about a new work directly from the author, 
as we discuss anything and everything surrounding their book and what they'd like to say to any aspiring writers out there still looking for their own success. All right, moving right along to our middle section where we'll be looking at a newly published work for a brief no-spoilers review. As I've said, getting published is a struggle, and one that doesn't stop when your book hits the press. I mean, if your goal is to get published, or I should say just to get published, well, I mean, congrats if you made it that far. But I have this suspicion that you'd actually like your book to sell, since, you know, that's what a successful book does, right? To that end, this section is dedicated to giving a spotlight to a recent, first-time published author, so we can help shine a spotlight on him. As mentioned in the ad section, ideally in the future, the show will be able to host interviews with the spotlight author in order to provide some additional insight into their work, as well as get their personal story about the journey to publication and any personal advice that they'd like to give. Oftentimes, there are just some aspects that you aren't aware of until you experience them, and I know I've had plenty of times where I wish somebody who'd been there had thought to say, oh, hey, watch out for this, or, you know, make sure you bring X, Y, and Z. That's what the aim is, though, and hopefully we'll get there soon. As for today's work, we have Three Rooms by Joe Hamya, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Please forgive me, Mrs. Hamya, if I butchered that. This book is a captivating look at the true cost of living as a young person in the 21st century. Set during the tumultuous time of Brexit, which I guess, depending on your definition of like time and setting, might actually count as now, but we're not here to get into British politics. Focusing on a young woman of color dealing with something a lot of millennials will empathize with, footing the bill for the previous generation's behaviors. Also, because of the time it's set in, there are plenty of political and social issues at play here, and while not everyone is familiar with British politics and social matters, I think it still rings true in a lot of ways that we in the U.S. can relate to. At times, the social issues in the book can feel a little forced, and sometimes the dialogue feels, in my personal opinion, a little bit flat. But there are still plenty of moments here that feel, I would say, tragically familiar. Granted, it goes into race and cultural issues as well, and I won't pretend that I, a white man, knows the struggle of a woman of color, but I still get where she's coming from, and I feel a lot of people might have their buttons pushed a little bit in the same way that always happens when race comes up, but race relations outside literature is obviously outside the purview of this podcast, so we're going to move on. It's a thoughtful, though often caustic, look at life through the eyes of a generation that's just stepping into proper adulthood that I think a lot of people in the late 20s to late 30s range will probably easily grab onto. It vacillates between optimism and pessimism in a way that I certainly understood, reflecting the chaotic feeling of despairing at the circumstances surrounding us, while also refusing to completely give up on everything. It neatly captures that feeling so naturally that I can't help but say it highlights how much we're looking for that silver lining, even when we'd rather not. I'd best describe this book as part campus life novel, part office satire novel, if that makes any sense. And it's actually a surprisingly meditative approach to its cynicism. But in between all that, 
it also scrutinizes that cynicism in a way that's surprisingly self-aware and actually deeply introspective about what's making it so. Ultimately, the book is really a great subversion of your typical coming-of-age story that, while it can come off as depressive, it makes you look at why that's the case. There are times where the protagonist can seem a bit tone-deaf to the problem of others, and while I've seen this turn some people off from the book, I think it adds to the realism of the story. We're not all morally perfect or justified. It's not always a straw man argument like with fictional characters. Sometimes we're blinded to our own biases unintentionally or despite our best efforts. To that end, the tone can be fairly ambiguous at times, making the reader unsure where their sympathies are supposed to lie. I mean, is it a satire of the woke generation and its problems, or is it a defense of it? It'll be difficult to tell at times, but in my opinion, that's part of what makes this book worth exploring. Confusion and uncertainty are something a lot of people are dealing with in this age, and maybe a hard stance isn't something this book is trying to take. Because like some of us, it isn't sure if it should, or if there's even any value in some of this. I know it feels like a cop-out to say, it's up to you to determine what it means, but this book really feels like, or I should say what this book really feels like is standing in someone else's shoes, seeing their life, and then adding that context to your own afterwards. Anyone who's struggling to be heard, struggling to find their place in the world, and is still not satisfied after all that struggle, I think you'll find a familiar voice in this book. It's not happy. In fact, like I've said before, it's often very cynical. But hidden in there is the search for some kind of happiness that I personally found very relatable. While the whole work is not without some flaws and some weak spots to work on, I think this shows an amazing potential for the writer that has me eager for any future works to come out. This is Joe Hamia's first publication, and it's certainly an incredible first showing from a voice that has plenty to say. I highly recommend it for anyone who's lived that life, or for those of you who might be struggling to understand this particular generation, I would suggest why not read the book, take a look through their eyes, and see how you feel about it afterwards. Maybe you learn something, maybe you don't, but I found it to be a very insightful and enjoyable read. Again, this was for Three Rooms by Joe Hamia. Take a look for it at your local bookstores, or if you're not into that, do the online marketplace thing. I'm, all you have to do is Google it. I'm sure you could find it. It's reasonably priced in most places that I've been able to find it. Highly suggest it. I would say pick it up. And on to our final section of the show, advice. Now, I have a tendency to start rambling when I really get going like this, so sorry in advance if this one goes long. I like to end each episode with a section on advice for aspiring writers, and today we're going to be taking a look at the crew 
so to speak, that you need in order to present the best possible version of your work for publication. Now, there are a lot more options out there today for new writers, and self-publication has certainly become a much more viable option in recent years. But with that comes a few pitfalls of its own, especially if you're planning on doing everything yourself. And one of those things is that there's no one there to check your work. As much as some of us might gripe about peer review, pointing at myself right here, it's important for fine-tuning things, especially if you want to get the best version of your work out there. To that end, you're going to need three people. The last one some of you may debate me on, and that's fine. We'll fight that out in the comments section on either Facebook or the blog page. Uh, but in order to do this, you will need a beta reader, an editor, and a literary agent. So let's take a minute and go over who each of these people are and how specifically they're going to help you. For those of you unfamiliar, a beta reader is essentially your test reader. As opposed to your editor, a beta reader is going to be a stand-in for your average audience reader. They'll read the drafts and they'll give you feedback on things like pacing, plot holes, tone, consistency, a host of other issues. They're not there for things like grammar or the like. They're there to give you a solid first impression of your work and honest feedbacks about the likes and dislikes. Now, a good beta reader will try to, you know, keep some of that stuff professional and impersonal, but honestly, a lot of it is going to be a personal preference stuff, which is kind of what you want. You want to hear what the average person, I mean, ideally, the average reader within the audience that you're going for, and we'll go over audience a little bit later, is going to feel like when they read your book. Now, the hard part about things with the beta reader is twofold. One, it's always hard to hand your work over to someone for personal criticism like that. Almost no one likes doing it, but you have to. And two, finding a good one in the first place is hard. You have to trust them enough to do that job, which is why there are actually professional beta readers out there. That's a subject for another time. But picking somebody like a close friend or a family member, which is a lot of people's first instincts, is kind of a trap. Some people will be so close to you that it's hard for them to give you the kind of honest feedback that you need. And on the other hand, as much as you may love your friends and family, finding someone who's invested enough to actually read the thing in a timely basis like you need, and thoroughly, that's not guaranteed either. So a good beta reader can be honestly hard to find. Um, so keep an eye out in future episodes for details on finding one. That's probably going to be a whole advice section on its own, um, which we'll get to later and we'll probably wind up discussing on the Facebook and the blog page before too long. Next on the list is the editor. Your editor will do two things specifically. First, is everything technical, grammar, punctuation, corrections, all that fun red marker stuff you remember from school. Yeah, it's back. It's back with a vengeance. You cannot escape it. Besides that, your editor will do a more technical version of what the beta reader did, just on like kind of like a higher level. 
telling you where telling you where you should be trimming the story refocusing on certain parts where the pacing sags suggestions on how to punch up some parts where the beta reader will say like oh i liked this part but not that part an editor is more likely to give you the specifics on why that was and how to fix it uh, think of your editor like a personal fitness instructor for your book your beta reader may be a good workout buddy to like you know encourage or discourage certain practices and things like that but an editor is the one that tells you that your book needs more time on the treadmill and less time on the bench press if that makes any kind of sense you might wind up going through several drafts and there's going to be a fair amount of pushback from your editor about when the book is or isn't ready and you'll probably wind up having a lot of discussions with them about your goals for the book what you want it to do and you know they'll be able to work with you on massaging it to get it to where you want the thing is the editor i don't want to say is the last word because granted it's your book but you have to trust your editor your editor is going to be the one who tells you when your book is ready and when it's ready it's going to be them not you them who leads you to the last person on the list and this is the one i'll probably get some pushback on because like i said self-publishing is becoming a much more popular and viable thing but there's still a lot of room left and a lot of value in this last person the literary agent a literary agent is essentially kind of like what you think of when you think of like a hollywood agent except books um on the plus side it is likely someone you won't have to look for your editor is probably going to be the one who will editors are more connected with the publishing industry and more often than not agents themselves don't accept unsolicited work they don't know you and they're busy they don't have time to read through it and go this is someone's high school manuscript that never got polished why did i spend you know the afternoon reading this thing they don't care about that they want to know when they should be working with something and that's what the editor is going to tell them a recommendation from an editor who knows when a writer is ready for that next step that's what they're looking for an agent once they've gotten to know you and your work is going to know who best to peddle that work to. They're in the know about who's looking for what and how best to market them. And now granted, marketing is not just something for your literary agent. There are there are steps you can be taking to help alleviate that and sh help the agent show the publisher that you've already taken some of these things into account, which will help give you the leg up but that's again for another advice section we'll get to things like that a good agent will be your cheerleader to these publishers and will be the one negotiating you the best deal that they can and trust me they are going to be way better at it than you are it's probably a whole advice section that we could do on just literary agents and like proposal letters and if you don't know what a proposal letter is well, that is why you need an agent. Um, expect some follow-up advice sections regarding each of these team members individually in coming episodes. Maybe we'll do an extended talk on this on the blog page. If you want to check on the blog page, we actually have 
a couple of links already regarding these things, so keep an eye out for those. Like I said, I'll probably get pushback on the literary agent one, or maybe some of this as a whole, because, as was said, self-publishing has become a much bigger thing. And if that's the way you want to go, I mean, that's awesome. Go ahead and do that. And, you know, I support self-publishing. I think it's a great way for a lot of newer authors to get themselves out there as opposed to going some of the more traditional routes. But they both have their ups and downs. And when I say that this team is one of the best ways to help you do that, I'm not trying to push some kind of, like, corporate cycle or anything like that. Like, oh, like Hollywood, like, oh, you need an agent. Oh, you need a publicist. Oh, you need all these things. It's just that there's a lot to this. And if you do go the self-publishing route, you run the risk of the fact that you're going to be doing a lot of this stuff on your own and negotiating on your own behalf. It's kind of like going to court and refusing the counsel and saying, I'll represent myself at court. Like You really have to know what you're doing before you even try to do that. And even then, I don't know that I would recommend that because you have a hard enough time completing your job of just being a writer. That already takes so much, and it's such a time-consuming thing. You don't need to also be your editor and agent and publicist and business manager and everything else. Why not get some people who know how to do that? Hire a professional. It's like, I don't know how to paint my house. I could probably paint my house on my own, and I might be satisfied with the job, or I might really screw it up. Some things are just too big, and when you've worked as hard as you already have to get your work done and ready for this kind of thing, it just makes sense to me to get the kind of professional help you need in order to get it to where it needs to go. And these bare minimum three people, your beta reader, your editor, and your literary agent, are the ones who are going to help you see the most success and once you know you've put in the work with them as well and you know you're a contributing member of the team i don't just mean like here's my book make it happen like you still have to work with these people on things they're going to ask things of you and you're going to need to respond in a timely manner just as they would too in a ideal world where you know everybody's professional all the time about things once you've put in that work with them they will also be invested in your success. They will want to see you succeed just as much as you do. And I don't just mean for monetary reasons. They'll want to see you succeed because everybody's put work into this thing. They want to see the success. So, I mean, agree with me, disagree with me. We'll talk about that a whole lot later. These are the people you need. These are the things they're going to do. And it's your best chance to see the success that you deserve when you've put in all the work and love and effort into this creative expression that you want to share with the world. If you have any further questions on these things, please visit the Facebook page or the blog page, subscribe to us and send us a message about that. And I'll do my best to get back to as many of them as I can with further information on these things or just some clarifications on the hows, the whats and the whys. And that's going to wind up being it for today's advice section. We're going to move on to the outro right now. This is where another shout out to any sponsors we had would be, or any guests that were on the show. 
any shout-outs to any other podcasts cooperating with us, or any additional news or updates regarding the show would probably be right in this spot. All of these, again, are hopeful endeavors that will go to filling this. So, you know, plans on plans on plans. Fingers crossed for all of this. But... In the meantime, that's all for today. This has been a test episode of A New Page. I hope you found it enlightening. I hope you found it enjoyable. If you did, please be sure to check out the Facebook page and the blog page. And if you really liked it, check out the Patreon page for access to some extra goodies. Every little bit helps the show keep going, helps us get better in order to help us help you and supports new authors struggling out there in the world. And again, please subscribe, comment, and engage on the Facebook and the blog page. All that really does help. We're looking forward to seeing all you have to say and share because the whole thing is based on helping others. So thanks so much for taking the time to listen in. It really does mean the world to me. One final reminder that the links to everything we've been talking about today, from the open submissions to Joe Hamia's book to some of the advice section materials we've been working with, are and the blog page and the Facebook page and the Patreon, links galore, all the links are down below in the subscription. Uh, I have been your host, Sean. And I'll see you next time when we are on a new page at rss.com podcasting. Thank you, everyone. It's been a real blast doing this for everybody. And as a final little note to myself as a production note, this is where we would be doing some of the outro music that I haven't decided on yet. But we're going to get there, and eventually it'll be a nice, full production with all the values.